Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Good morning. A little chilly today. Nice to wake up to. Today is the fourth Sunday in Lent. And we identify our Sundays as in Lent, not of Lent. Like the Sundays of Advent and of Easter. And there's a reason for this. Sundays and Lent are not counted in the 40 days because each Sunday represents a mini Easter. And the fourth Sunday in Lent is unique Sunday in our six Sundays of the Lent season overall. And the Catholic religion is known as the Lettre Sunday, which means in Latin, rejoice. And going back to our roots, the Church of England, it is known as Mothering Sunday. It is often celebrated with the preparation of a simnel cake, which is like a light fruit cake. Is there anything light in this world, like a light fruit cake? I don't know, because when I got them on the holidays, they were heavy enough to use it for doorstops. But back to the recipe. Then you have two layers of almond paste, one in the middle and one on top. Then it's toasted and sits until Easter and eaten during Easter period in the United Kingdom, Ireland, and some other countries. Has anyone ever had a simnel cake? Yeah. Is it good? Delicious. It's very good. Is it heavy after sitting two weeks and be a doorstopper, or is it still light? It's still light. Yeah. Very good. This Sunday was also once known as the Sunday of the Five Loaves, whereby the traditional gospel reading was the story of the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. That stopped when we converted to the modern-day common lectionary, as we use today. In the Anglican tradition, there may be flowers on the high altar, and priests are given the option to wear rose-colored vestments. I think our priests don't have any rose-colored vestments. In place of the violent vestment worn during Lent. So this is like the third Sunday of Advent. And here's the best part. This is a day of relaxation, the best Sunday to enjoy what you might have given up for Lent. Now when I go home to find out where Karen hid my gummy bears. <coughs> it is known as Sunday of Hope, with Easter being within sight, three weeks away. And traditionally, even weddings, when normally not celebrated during Lent, could be performed on this day. But the fourth Sunday in Lent has a lot of traditions that may be followed and nuances associated with it that are neat to know and fun to talk about. But on this Sunday event, year A, we have readings and messages of historical consequences that tells us from the college, the true bread of life is Jesus, and he gives life to the world. A new king is anointed for the Jewish community and the Jewish people. The renowned 23rd Psalm, the most famous psalm in the Psalm Book of Psalms, is heard. We are to live the children of light, and there are fruit of the light, and a miracle that has never been witnessed at that time. In today's Old Testament from 1 Samuel, what we did not hear was that Israelites wanted a king, because everyone had a king, and Samuel tried to persuade them that they did not need a king. They have a heavenly king, and that the king was God. And that you are the people of God, 
who's there for you? Why do we need two kings? However, the people wanted a king, and they chose Saul to be their king. And Samuel lamented that decision to a point where God had enough. And as we read in the assessment today, took over and said, Sal, I reject him. And as we would say together, get your act together. Sounds like a tough love from God. We're going to find a king. And they did. King David, the greatest king of Israel. So whether God's love be tough or consoling, his love is always there for us. So is his guidance. And all we need to do is turn to God and say, help me, Lord. I am in trouble. I have this issue. It's taking over my life. And I cannot live as you want me to. I need your help. Show me the way. And God will equip us, just as he equipped Samuel with the heifer and a horn of oil on what's causing us disruption in our life. And like Samuel, when they took him over, he, when it was over, it was taken away because he picked the king, and he went on to run. And I'm sure very relieved. I'm sure there was a bop in his step as he went away. And we too will have that relief and have a bop in our step when that's taken over and taken away by God. In the Gospel heard today, it was another long reading like last week, this week, and a little hint, and next week. And it is a story to sight of a blind man who was born blind from birth, and it's found only in the Gospel of John. And this miracle by John, written to me, was like a TV show, where there were more than two stories, sometimes three stories, in an episode. First, Jesus sees a blind man lying there on the ground. And tell his disciples he was blind not due to sins committed or by his ancestors who committed sin. The belief at that time was one that had disabilities, was caused by sin. But he tells his disciples this man was born blind, so God's work, God's work may be revealed in him. Like a parable, he says, and I had to read this over and over a couple times for me to get. Quote, we must work the work of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one works. And as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. End quote. What does he mean? I'm sure Jesus could perform a miracle 24-7. But he was very specific. When night comes, we won't be able to do the work. He is saying to his disciples that we should be doing the work God of now. He says God, and he said God. He didn't say Father. And while I am here, we've got to do this work. For I will bring light to the situation, but when I'm not here, it will be dark. Now over time, we've learned Jesus continues to be the light of the world. We'll hear it a little bit later. At a point in time, let us all do what we can in the name of God while I am with you. <coughs> Then Jesus uses an ancient understanding that saliva is having medicinal value. Makes a mud bath and placed it on the eyes and told to go, told the man to go and wash in a pool of Siloam. Jesus knew the spiritual magnitude of the water of the pool of Siloam. A centerpiece of the Feast of the Sukkot, known as the Festival of Tabernacles, or booths, 
7, verses 37 through 39. It was during the Feast of Sukkot, we read, and I quote, On the last day of the great day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. And John went on to explain, By this he meant the Spirit whom, who believed in him were later to be received. But up to that time, the Spirit had not yet been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Living water. We heard that last week with Jesus at the well with the Samaritan woman. Now here's a second story in the Gospel. The man gains his sight. Sounds like a great time to be excited, right? For this man? No. This poor man after receiving the gift of sight is treated as if he committed a crime, not able to celebrate this miracle. His friends do not recognize him. Twice he is interrogated by the Pharisees. His parents, yes, he was born blind, but that was it. That's all they said. No support. Not even happy about the miracle they didn't see. But to me, the Emmy Award performance was his testimonial. And to me, it's worth hearing it again. And I quote, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to the one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. And if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. He had all the answers to what he said, all the proof, because he was the living proof. And the Pharisees resorted to their values and beliefs. Oh yeah, and one more thing. This man knew that his name, Jesus, he knew he was sent from God. He didn't mean just like any other prophet. But what he did not know, who Jesus really was. And that is about the change. And the third story of the gospel, what I call the wrap-up, as we see on TV, is when Jesus hearing about this, searches for the man. And when they met, Jesus wanted the man to know who he really was. And I believe Jesus asked in a very subtle way so not to influence him. And when Jesus said, do you believe in the Son of Man? And the person, and the blind man who was blind, said, who is this person? And Jesus said, you have seen him and are speaking to him. Can you imagine how he felt? He now knows not only the name Jesus, but who Jesus is. Like us, without hesitation, he said, yes, Lord, I believe. And the man went on to worship Jesus, just like you and me. Now the lesson of Paul's letter to Ephesians, I just could not put it aside for another sermon. It's too important because we are told that one of our responsibilities as followers of Jesus is to live as children of light. And who is the light? Who is the light? Jesus. Jesus. Let me hear you. Jesus. Jesus. There you go. And where do we hear that? We just heard in the Gospel of John. Exactly. Exactly. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. 
And Paul uses the word fruit as a metaphor, just as he did when writing about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the Greek word translated fruit refers to a natural product of a living thing. Jesus is a living. He sits at the right hand of God. And the Holy Spirit is living and is there all around us. The gift from Jesus. And Paul wrote, from the fruit of the life is found all that is good and right and true. Isn't this what Jesus wants us to be? Good, right, meaning free of sin, and true. That is what we are to strive to be. And when we fall short, we have Jesus confessed. Good, right, doing the right thing, like we tell our children and grandchildren, and to be true. And how do we live as children of life? But more importantly, how do we share the fruit of the life? We become children of life when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and as the Son of Man, just as the blind man did. We are to ingest each day the fruit of life of Christ, so it becomes part of our nourishment, and be in us, just as we do when we take communion. Christ is in us. And once inside, that life of Christ will shine forth from us so that others can see. Like the Care Bear Stare. Who remembers the Care Bear Stare? Huh? Right? Right? Yeah. Always solve the problem. And when we are children of the life of Christ, the fruit of the life, because we are doing what Christ asks us to do. And others will see. And then we ask, well, how will they see it? Well, I have an answer for that. We will be glowing from the life of Christ when we're serving others that are less fortunate. In our humbleness, in our forgiveness of others, in our kindness, in our generosity, in our commitment as disciples to Jesus, to share the good news by sharing the fruit of life through our actions. You know what's so dynamic about what we heard today about David and the blind man? Neither one knew what was about to happen. David was tending his sheep, as he probably does every day for his father, minding his own business. And the blind man was most likely was begging on the street, trying to get attention. But God, through his son, had a plan for each of them that would transform their lives forever. And how many times did that happen to each of us in our lives? And whatever the occurrence, God as a son will always be there for us to guide us. And that guidance comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. But we too can make a change in someone's life. We have that authority given to us by God. By us living by the fruit of the light may just be the spark for whoever it may be wants to see and taste how great the Lord is. To open their eyes that were once blind and learn what Jesus did for the whole world on that Good Friday. To know that they are not alone. They have a friend. They have a friend in Jesus who is always there for them and loves them unconditionally. And this transformation when they confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior.
they too, like you and me, can live each and every day as children of light. Oh, how great that is. Doesn't that feel good? We're children of light. We feel it. We feel it. So on this fourth Sunday night, let us rejoice because we've heard about a lot of good things. Maybe make a symbol okay. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.